Welcome to the Pretty Sketchy Podcast, part of CoreyWireArt.com. I'm Corey. Um, what I'm going to do today is play a recording session, a streaming session, I should say, I did last Saturday with a special guest, Michael Marshman, who's the author of Homoko King, which is the comic book I'm currently illustrating. So um, we sat down, we talked about a lot of things, comic art, a um, bunch of stuff like that, music, art, authors, all that sort of stuff. So um, I'm just going to play that. We didn't realize we were doing a podcast at the time, but I think this is going to be an ongoing thing. So I thought I may as well start with number one and... Uh, yeah, this is an insight into drawing the very first page of the first book of Hamoko King with the author. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. <laughs> can you see what Why? I'm doing? Yeah, yeah, I can see you. Oh, you can. Yes. So it's live. This is official. Yep. We are 100 percent legit. Okay. All right. So uh, tell me a little bit. Oh my god! Can you believe this dog has just been sitting here quietly for like the last 45 minutes? Yep. And the second I press stream. I mean, I was there for it. He didn't do anything. Max. Max. Sit. Max. Sit. Oh, my God. This is going to be one of those insufferable feeds where I'm doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, tell me a bit about the book, man. Like, uh, what, just like, you know, 50, 50 words or less. What are we talking about? Um, I mean, what do you want to know? Story-wise or? Yeah, how like, you know, just like the characters. Like, okay, set the scene. Where, where is it? When is it? Well, I suppose the best sort of thing would be to describe what you're going to be drawing, I suppose. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, the first page, which is essentially the introduction of the main character, Nissa. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a young girl, mid-twenties. The interesting thing about her is that she can fly. She actually has wings, natural wings. Um, it's set in a post-apocalyptic world where, let's just say, bad shit went down. <laughs> Nothing's really quite known how it happened or why it happened or... Wow, and uh, it. I think the whole story is essentially just her finding her place in the world, and yeah, that's pretty much it, really. Cool, cool. Okay, so uh, what are we talking in? Like, you know, is, so she's she's basically a survivalist in. Post- yeah, yeah. World. She's uh, she's out for herself. She's she's pretty much an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how does she survive though? Like, she's she's obviously she's by herself. Yeah, yeah, by herself. Just, um, she just, you know, fights whenever she has to, gets food, stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, basic survivalist stuff. If anyone's ever played, you know, Fallout, then you kind of get the gist. Okay. <laughs> Except without the giant mech suits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I could add them in later, but nah. Hey, hey, I'm going to have to learn how to draw mechs. <laughs> um, yeah, so, okay, so um, where where does she find herself on, on page one? Like, what's what's the introduction? What are we talking? Um, it's it's very exposition heavy, I suppose. Um, it's more she's talking to the reader, just saying where she came from, who she is, which is a bit weird for me because usually when I write, I don't give a lot of backstory. Mm-hmm. Characters, I like to keep things a little mysterious, but for this one, realizing now, I just basically did the exact opposite <laughs> um yeah you know exactly where she came from uh where she grew up even how she got her wings mm-hmm. and how to fly the only thing you don't really know is what happened between the happy times when she was young and the now where everything's all just sort of fucked up and ruined mm-hmm. um i mean in on that first sort of introduction you can see she's a happy young girl in a childhood a lot of just peaceful sort of time 
hanging out with her grandfather, blah, 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 all that stuff. And then when you see her again after that gap, she's just cold and worn down, I suppose. Um, just sort of shut off from everything and, yeah, out for herself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And okay, that's so, we... so, like, the loss of, like, you know, everything? people around her, everything, yeah, sort yeah. of... Sort of put her in a bit of a lonely place, I guess. Yeah. Okay. And I guess in a way she's sort of got that from her grandfather. Mm-hmm. What he says to her and she um takes it to heart, I suppose. Okay. So so okay, so what what can we expect from the first issue, like as far as uh you know, so so it's it's present day, uh, in her world and it's like uh you know, she's just struggling to make ends meet and get through. Um, what what happens that drives the story along, so to speak? Um, well, the first issue is heavily an introduction, an introduction to her, an introduction to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the second half of the issue sort of, sort of kicks the story off a bit more, where she um, she meets someone that will essentially change her life. Her attitude. Um, yeah, her attitude. Um and what was I going to say? I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it just changed the way she views things and views people and how she interacts with the rest of the world, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, okay, so what about, like, moving away from this, what about uh, inspiration? Like, what are some of your favorite comic books, uh, like, influences, I would say, like, you know, things like, what what motivates you as as a writer to you know um, come up with something like this? Uh, well, um, I actually came up with this from a dream. Oh, That's nice a cliche. <laughs> um, but like, I mean, not not the whole story. Like the character Nissa herself, I actually saw in a dream. Wow. Okay. From what you've drawn, you've actually done a pretty close to one hundred percent accurate. Okay. Cool. Uh, I'll I'll take it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was kind of a mix of two dreams um, that I had on the same night, actually. But yeah, the first one was like Nissa standing on top of a building, which I think is on the first page mm-hmm. of this comic. Yeah. Um, and just looking out over this. That's sort of, that's what I'm working on right now. This wasteland of a city. I don't know how much you can see there because the contrast isn't great, but I'm, I'm working on a city skyline, which is something in the preliminary sketches I was doing. It's the one thing I forgot to draw. I'm like, okay, we're going to just draw sky and clouds and she's going to be standing she's the character's going to be standing on this girder like as a um uh establishing shot of the city skyline and stuff but i didn't draw the skyline so i'm working on that right now so because one thing i've got to focus on as an artist um is i tend to focus too much on the foreground um you know the details and stuff like that and i never i never sort of place them in a world as much as i should you know um and so that's kind of what I'm starting with this time. So I sort of, you know, get it right the first time, so to speak. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> what oh, is that? And this is your first comic as well. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm still coming up with my sort of vibe and, um, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, but um, it's a great story. I'm happy to be working on it. So that's cool. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry. Um, so you were saying, yeah, like influences and. Yeah, the, the first dream was with Nissa standing on the building and there was another dream I had mm-hmm. where there was this, I don't even know if you call it a person, it was like a, a creature. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know how to describe it. They were just like completely black, like no hair, and they had like one giant eye and this big toothy grin. Oh wow! And it was just weird. And for some odd reason, the words Homoko King were in my head, mm-hmm. and I was like, "That's the Homoko King." <laughs> now you've been adamant with me this whole time that it's a working title, and you know it is a working title. Time. Yes, I like um, it. I think it's catchy. I don't know what it, the problem is. I mean, it unless is. it doesn't like, fit in with the actual story, like that's. You know, that'd be the reason to sort of move on from it, but... Well, uh, funnily enough, the, the word Homoko I don't have a problem with. It's the word king that I have a problem with. Okay. Like, I, like, is, it, is it just too, like, you know, labyrinth? It's like a, the goblin king kind of, you know? Not so much, but, like, I don't know. It's because <laughs> the way the story's sort of shaping in my head, it's like I don't know if he would call himself a king. Okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that like, makes sense. Like, the, the main villain in this story at the moment is called the Homoko king. He... Mm. He is very, very powerful. He's pretty much got his own country, I suppose. His own sort of world mm-hmm. that he rules. Um, so, <laughs> ipso facto, king. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But like, I don't know. Something, something's a bit weird about it. And do, it's, do you feel like maybe it's a little bit too fantasy? Maybe. Yeah. It, I mean. A girl with wings, that's kind of fantasy too, isn't it? It is, but I mean, at the same time, you know, we're talking post-apocalyptic sort of setting, you know, so that's a little bit different. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I just, to, more than anything to me, I like, I just like the, the, the way it rolls off the tongue. It's just, a, it's the kind of title, if I saw a, the logo of it on top of a comic book, I'd be like, that's interesting. I wonder what that is, you know? Yes. So yeah. that's, that's something. Um <laughs> I think you may have just convinced me on stream to keep it as a <laughs> live. You can't take it back now, man. It's like, like ah. live streamed to the oh, world, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Um. Apart from like the dreams and stuff, other influences like Sandman is my f- most favorite comic. Yeah. Of all time by Neil Gaiman. Anything written by Neil Gaiman is just fantastic. He he knows how to create worlds and interesting characters, likable characters, mm-hmm. and he just grabs grabs onto you, doesn't let go. Um. Mm-hmm. I've, I think I've read pretty much everything he's put out, novel-wise and comic-wise. I'm not too sure. The man's a legend. So. Yeah, he is. Um, funnily enough, I haven't seen Mirror Mask. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's on the bucket other... list. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, it, I actually had it on my computer for a while. Mm. But, um, I just never got around to watching it. Um, HP Lovecraft is another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's the only author to ever legitimately scare the shit out of me <laughs> with some of the well, stuff he's written. Like what... Steve, Stephen King's done a few things every now and then, yeah. but, but man, H.P. Lovecraft just knows how to terrify me. <laughs> he's going to tear your heart out of your ass. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. So yeah, that's cool. Um, well, okay, so what about what about like artists? Like you know, what what drives you to other than say the writer, like what drives you to pick up a book off the shelf? Like what's your key motivating? Oh man, that's a tough one. Like I don't, I don't know a lot of artists by name. The only ones I really know by name are because of you okay. yelling, yelling Sean Murphy in my face. <laughs> um, who oh, is man. it? Oh man. If, if one day I could be Sean Murphy, <laughs> that guy's insane. Um, yeah. Okay. But okay. So it's really the, it's pretty young as well, I suppose. Yeah, so so well, you're yeah, because you yell at me in my face. <laughs> yeah, Scotty Young's a divisive artist, though, man. Like a lot, a lot of people. Um, in fact, somebody put up 
on Facebook the other day, someone I know from, from the comic book community actually, um, put up a thing just to throw away comment saying, oh, okay guys, what, you know, who's, who do you think is the most uh, overrated or underrated comic artists at present? And, uh, and the, like his, his ones was, here's my ones. And it's like, he's, you know, saying this person, that person, and he's like, Scotty Young, completely overrated. And I was like, <gasps> you know, and, and, and to be fair, a lot of people came out and, and defended him on that as well. You know, uh, uh you know, I, I don't like to get involved in online stouches over Facebook, but, um, yeah, there was a lot of people there sort of, you know, um, who kind of agree with me. He, he, it's easy to throw away his style because it is very cartoony and, uh, and stuff like that. But there's just something about the way that he works that, uh, just makes sense to me. He has, uh, I think what makes a great artist, regardless of their style is, um, or, you know, regardless of what genre their style fits into is, um, recognizability you know like you can look at, a, at an artwork and just go oh my god i know exactly who drew that you know yeah um and see that that's what gets my attention and 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 to me that's it's a lot harder with your typical um uh traditional comic art styles we've talked about this before like I, i've um i tend to be drawn to artists that don't do the typical you know what you you know from like the x-men in the 90s and stuff like that like yeah, I, yeah. I like all that stuff and i respect it and those guys do a great job but to me, it, it's hard to notice somebody putting their spin on it when they're doing, you know, yeah, when they're, they're towing it, the corporate also, party line as far as comic art goes, you know. Yeah, it's all just so uniform. It is, you know, everybody's like You can have sort of, four different comics by four different artists and you won't be able to tell the difference. And, and to be fair, that actually has a place too, you know, like particularly right now, they're, they're pumping out so many issues a month. Um, you know, like you've got the DC guys just like, pumping out like two issues of the, two issues of the same thing a month and so they've got different artists working on all the different books and uh and 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 to be fair that's that's kind of cool you know for readers they get you know they get into the stories a lot quicker and and things like that but the problem i have with it is you get alternating issues and i may not love the art of one guy and from my perspective it's it's like i like a good writer as much as the next guy but what makes me pick up a book is inspirational artwork and so here i am looking at a comic book you know, picking up two issues a month, one of which I don't really like, you know, yeah, <laughs> because it's, yeah. it's done by somebody whose style doesn't gel with me, you know, or, uh, but then like, then I've got to try and follow that storyline, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, I picked up the, the one that got me was uh, the first issue of the new green arrow books I, I picked up and I was like, Oh man, this is, it's different. It's cool. It's a bit indie looking, yeah. um, which was, I wasn't expecting from like, you know, one of the big boys, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so I was like, cool, I'm totally vibing on this. And then I pick up the, the, the next issue. I'm like, fuck happened. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to be fair, it's good art, but I was, it was the style of the other one that got me. It wasn't so much the quality of the art. I was like, cause, cause to be fair, there's, there's, you know, I don't, I don't want to say anything bad about anyone else, but there's, there's other artists out there that I think probably like just strictly from, from a, from a talent point of view, just have a bit more of a knack for this and that, you know, yeah. um, than this guy, but whoever, I don't even know who the artist was. Um, but at the same time I was like, um, it's, it just has its own character, you know, like it just has a flavor to it that sort of made, made sense to me. So, um, you know, I jumped on that one and then I was like, yeah, <laughs> what, 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 what are they doing? Um, but you know, it is what it is. We all sort of have favorites and stuff like that, but 
Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose that's the big difference between you and me, though, because like I've been reading the Green Arrow stuff as well, and I had no idea there were different artists. Yeah, see, I spotted it the second I picked up and opened up the book. I was like, "What happened? Who's this guy? What is this?" You know. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, but I, see, I, again, that's that's indicative of these guys having a style, which in itself is, like I said, that's that to me is what makes a great artist is someone with a recognizable style. Um, and and it's, again, it's one of those things where like someone like me who's been drawing their whole lives, I'm going to spot things that you're not going to see. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's going to be little little um, inflections and uh, little idiosyncratic devices that these guys just jump on that that just. Um, make all the difference you know even just like the type of lighting they use or whatever yeah, it could be something as simple as the way they use light and shade um a lot of times it's do you, do you know what to me lets down some some of the even artists working on major books um is that there's no dynamics getting back to sean murphy i don't think that i've ever seen a sean murphy frame where the action was wasted even if it's just two people talking there's yeah. a dynamic nature to it that just gives you like the impression of 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 life and movement and motion, you know, and then you get other artists who'll, they're like, and you know how much I love Kevin Smith, but they're the Kevin Smiths of comic artists. You know what I mean? It's two people behind the camera <laughs> chatting for 90 minutes, you know? Um, yeah. It's that, that to me, it, it's a, that's something I think, I think what, what attracts me to certain things is things that I personally struggle with. And that's one of them, like that sort of motion um, and movement in each panel is something that like I've, I personally feel like I have to work on. So that's, that's what attracts me to it. That's, that's what I draw from, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and so I'll obsess over that, you know, regardless, I couldn't care who was writing it. If it was the worst dialogue in history, <laughs> if the artist is doing something that I feel like I can't do, yeah. um, or at least I, something I, you know, and it's not like I want to do everything. It's like some things just, you're just drawn to and you're like, man, I wish I could really, you know, work with light and shade like that guy does. So I'll yeah. read all of their stuff, you know, and I'll figure out like the cool thing is you look at Sean Murphy's work, right? From, from like, say his, his earlier work, like punk rock Jesus, you know, and, and obviously bit stuff prior to that. Um, you can see a progression. So it gives you yeah. the impression of like, um, you know, he, he evolved, you know, like it's easy to look at these guys like Jim Lee and stuff and go, Oh yeah. You know, he's always just been that good. Um, yeah. but if you look at early work, you can go, wow, man. Okay. So, and again, punk rock, punk rock Jesus looks amazing, but if you compare it to, and, and even, um, the wake, right. With Sean Murphy as well. Um, the wake, it was, um, it was amazing, but it, like when you compare it to uh, Tokyo ghost, there is a definite jump in quality and it's not like things like his line work or anything like that. It's just, there's just a feel to it that just feels better. You know, like it's not even something I can even put my finger on. Um, I think it's what you've been talking about before. Like he, he, I think he just got better at capturing movement. Yeah, that might have been better. it. Yeah, it's just like, dynamic. I, I haven't read Punk Rock Jesus. I think I've seen a couple of um, pages that you've shown me and whatnot. But even mm. like from Punk Rock Jesus to The Wake, mm. I feel there's like a significant jump of quality yeah, yeah i would agree i would agree with sean murphy yeah he's a he's a cool dude man yeah. <laughs> um so okay what, what about writers like as far as the same sort of thing like it, um do you feel like like say neil gaiman's work as, as much of a genius as he is do you have you noticed 
in recent times his work improving or like you know because i mean he's one of those legends that everybody just assumes was always you know the, the Jesus always Christ a legend. Yeah. yeah yeah um, um it's it's really hard to say because like he does such a different variety of work like he, hmm. he he's obviously released like short story collections novels short novels comics but he's also written like children's books and hmm. uh, like poetry and all this other sort of stuff. Like I never really went into the children's book and poetry sort of stuff, which I think he's been doing more of lately. But um, mm. his latest short story collection, which was, was called Trigger Warning, it actually felt uh, very similar to his earlier short story collections, which were like oh. Smoke and Mirrors and I can't remember the other one. Something. I've got it here somewhere. I'm going to actually find it. <laughs> Where is it? In the vast bookshelf that is your room. <laughs> oh my god. It's like right around uh, Smoke and Mirrors and uh, God damn it, it's behind Give me a second. What's it called? Fragile Things, there we go. Fragile Things. Yeah. Um yeah, like they all seem to be fairly consistent and it's been going for like quite a while. Mm. As far as I can remember. Like I think I may be wrong, I probably am, but I think Fragile Things is about 10 years old at this point. Okay. Um, but yeah, like... Man, imagine, yeah. imagine having that kind of a creative career that's like, it's just gone for, you know, that yeah. period of time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, like he's, he's just managed to be consistent with, with his writing. I mean, like a lot of his stories have different feels and tones, obviously, but hmm. just a as pure quality goes, he hasn't really dipped at all. Yeah, I got, you got to love that. <laughs> I, Although I guess I, I guarantee, if you asked him, <laughs> he'd be like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah. my god, yeah. that old stuff," you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, the dude's like written stuff that's like made me cry, yeah. and like, not many books have done that. Like movies, you know, for sure. There's like a ton, but mm. there's a couple, couple of stories. More and more of the short story collections that have made me tear up a bit. Yeah. Same as um, Andrei Sapkowski, uh, who wrote the the Witcher books. <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, a lot of people don't actually know that was derived from a book. Yeah, well, to be fair, the book is also derived from, like, old Yugoslavian legend. Oh, okay, right. Okay, there you go. I yeah. See, I, I didn't know that at all. Um, that actually, it makes a lot of sense, though. So, so like, it's a little bit like, you know, your Beowulf or whatever, which is like, you know. Yeah, uh, very tra much so. Traditional stories of, um, you know, wherever the fuck he's from. <laughs> <laughs> and with all Let's that, just say European. <laughs> it just goes out the window. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah that's there's, cool. There's one short story he wrote. It's in the sort of Destiny. I can't remember the name of the story, but, um, like, that was the only thing I've read that I legit cried like a little bitch. It was like wow. I don't know. It was just it was so. Wait, upsetting. so so hang on in the in the Witcher books. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Holy shit. I might have to pick one up. Yeah. Uh, I, I highly recommend them. They're good reads, even if you haven't played the games. Like yeah, you, you if anything read the books before you play the games. But you know mm. that's just me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean that 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 makes sense. A lot of times the the literature gets distilled down a little bit when they sort of make it into a film or a or a um, game. Yeah, or a game or whatever. So yeah, um, you know, to its credit, the Witcher games are amazing. Yeah, <laughs> they they really did a great job, and and I mean, even for such a vast game, 
uh, I think we've talked about this before as well. For such a massive game on, on such a huge scale, um, it was one of the few games that came out in that little era of time where they didn't just fuck it up at launch. There were so mm. many games that just needed day day one patches that just corrected a broken game. And The Witcher yeah. came out with flying colors. Like it was just, it shouldn't have worked as well as it did day one. Didn't, didn't Arkham Knight come out around the same time? Yes. Yeah, that was the big one. <laughs> yeah, the, the PC launch was an absolute disaster. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah and then well, he and, comes along. And still is to this day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it runs fine on mine now, but that's because I've got the fucking the beast. Yeah. So, <laughs> had to brute force it to work. So. Oh Jesus! See, that's the thing. I mean, you know, we we get into these discussions about uh, consoles and versus PC and stuff. I mean, there's just something to be said for just putting a game in and it just works. You know? Yeah, yeah. But even then, like a lot of the time on consoles nowadays, you put a game in and it just doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, not not to the extent of like PC gamers having issues, but yeah. like you know, there's like frame rate issues or like, mm-hmm. not very often do I see a console game crash. Yeah. Um, I probably see it more on Xbox than anything. Like you, just... you see you see a lot of glitches. Like, a lot of people have been sort of posting up pictures of... Uh, what's that new one that just came out? Um, uh, Recore on Xbox, where yeah. people are, like, clipping through doors and stuff like that. <laughs> just, I mean, in a, in a game like that, it just, it just shouldn't happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like they're... Yeah. Like, with something like The Witcher, where they've got to worry about a billion different things... Yeah. Um, you know, that games like Recore shouldn't have really basic problems like that, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. but you know what? I don't develop games, so I'm not going to step on their toes. <laughs> yeah. Same here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I going to ask you about Neil Gaiman? Neil Gaiman wrote the... Uh, um. Who is it? The Swamp Thing series that everyone talks about. Which again, is that right? That was Alan Moore. Alan Moore. See, now I always get them mixed up. Okay, so what about Alan Moore? <laughs> I'm very polarized on Alan Moore. Really? Um, not not in terms of his writing. Um, just in terms of him. <laughs> okay. uh, like, I, I like his writing. Like, I'm a big fan of Watchmen. Oh, hey, hang on a second. Okay, I, I've just corrected them in my book because you know sometimes you get two people and you just mix them up constantly yeah i I, I now alan moore's the dude with the he looks like a homeless person he looks like hagrid he looks like hagrid yeah 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 but 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 in a foul mood (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much yeah so yeah how do i get them mixed up so much yeah and uh neil gaiman is is he married to um dresden dolls chick um god i'm really showing how little I know about everything right now. I, I actually know, but you just blanked my mind. <laughs> I have that. For some odd reason, I'm thinking Amber Heard. <laughs> no, 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 no. God, what's her name? Um, she's got that that book called the something. Uh, something of asking, you know, about because you know she had a lot of success with crowdfunding and stuff like that. Um, I'm, I'm right though. It's the right person, right? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm Googling. Okay, Google. Google away. Amanda Palmer. Amanda Palmer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, she, yeah. She's, she's cool, man. I've seen her do a TED talk <laughs> and stuff about, about that book she wrote. And it's, it's just genius. Like, I mean, you know, a lot of people have major success with crowdfunding their creative ideas and things like that. And to be fair, it's not going to work for everybody. 
you know, like Kevin Smith can crowdfund the shit out of anything because he has a built-in fan base and Amanda Palmer's the same. Um, but I guess on, on a smaller scale, like she was, she never had the global sort of notoriety that he had, but she had a very tight fan base that she just put a hand out and said, we want to make an album. We need $10,000 and they made over a million, you know, or whatever the story is. And, uh, it gives, it gives, gives everyone hope. <laughs> I guess people care. You know? It's like, yeah, I just want to make this comic. I just need like $2,000. Yeah. Or uh, a million, you know, then, yeah. <laughs> And they, they, they end up giving me like, you know, two million. Yeah, that'd be all right. And then, yeah. And, and much like any indie game developers, you just disappear. <laughs> yeah. Well, you spent 10 years making it. It turns out shit anyway. Yeah, yeah. What was that one? That, oh, the one they keep talking about. Bernie and Gavin on uh, the Rooster Teeth podcast. They talk about the vessel all the time. <laughs> the cup that's supposed to be able to tell you what liquid's in it. Uh, and yeah. then they're like, oh, we, we actually can't figure out how to do that. So we'll make a cup that tells you how many glasses of water you drink a day. <laughs> like Jesus. you could literally put a counter on it and you just press a button, you know? Or, you know, you can use your fingers. Yeah. Or just, or, you know, just, just, just drink eight glasses of water a day and forget about it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. See, there's, I mean, but you know, for every, for every 10 of those, there's a success story in crowdfunding, you know? Yeah. 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 I think of any off the top of my head, no. but you know, <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, what else? I should have written down a list of things to talk about. Um, okay, so have you got any questions or like? Okay, so you've seen a little bit of my preliminary art for this. Yeah. What um, direction-wise, you quite happy with how it's going? Yeah, I mean, mainly because you know we actually communicate. It's not like I leave you to your own devices and yeah. You know, you finish the book, and I'll be like, "This is nothing like what I wanted." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you, you've actually shown me like as little as one box, mm. you know. And I think most of the time, I've been like, you know, looks good, looks fine. I mean, every now and then, I've been like, you know, maybe change something like this or something like that. But yeah. it's more been you coming up with ideas. Like it was your idea to put her on the girder. Yeah, well, I wanted. Uh, this is what I'm struggling with because that's where I'm up to now, right? I've drawn the girder, uh, and now I've got to put her in the foreground. But I, all of the ones I've done so far, I've not been entirely happy with. Mm. Um, again, it's, it comes down to that dynamic posing, you know. Like I've got, um, I wanted to be kind of peaceful, like staring uh, into the into the abyss, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, just yeah. casually doing that, but it, it's it's like. I haven't got the other page. Oh yeah, here it is. Um, so I originally drew this one because I was more—I was more just trying to flesh out the character. And, and to be honest, I—I've never truly been happy with that. I think what what it was is I was trying too hard to create a style and just failing at it. What, what, one thing I've always learned with my, within myself is if I let my brain go limp and just do the work, it always comes out a lot better than yeah. if I think overthink things, and which is exactly what I'm doing right now. Um, and then I sort of modified it when I did like a second iteration of it. Um, and again, she's sort of casually leaning now, but I still haven't quite grasped it. But what I really didn't want to do was the superhero pose. You know what I mean? Like, like she's not Daredevil, you know? Um, and I mean, if you, if you were drawing Daredevil, that's the first thing you do is put like, um, you know, crouching on top of a spire or spawn, something like that, you know? But yeah. that's that's not who Nissa is, you know. But um, 
Yeah, well, she's not a hero. Yeah, she's just got to be... I don't know. She's, she's just contemplating. So how do you draw a dynamic pose for somebody who's just contemplating the future or thinking about the past, you know? Well, in this case, thinking about the past, yeah. Um, which reminds me, before I go on, I've got to put these panels in before I draw all over the top of them and forget that they go there. Um, you could have her just sitting cross-legged on the girder. Yeah. Like leaning on the on the wire. Something like that. Yeah, like sitting down. I'll just hold it. Yeah. So like um, more so. Hang on, let me just quickly rough in these boxes. Funnily enough, as time has gone on, and like I've seen stuff that you've drawn of her, mm. I'm seeing. Well, I guess I I feel like a lot of it is coming from Deb from Tokyo Ghost. Yeah. Um, which, which I like. <laughs> Like that's fine. And like, well, I've been I've been actively consciously trying to avoid that because <laughs> that's <laughs> that's me in a nutshell. I see something cool, and then it's it's all that comes out of me creatively for a long period yeah. of time. It's like my friend uh, who's who's a songwriter. He he when he goes into songwriting mode, does his best to avoid listening to any music for a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just to get it out of his head. Um, what have I done there? That's totally crooked. professional <laughs> um, professional pleasure getting paid to do it yeah well see I mean again that's what I mean like the, the problem is there's going to be similarities because they're similar characters you know um, yeah. uh, Nissa is she's a free spirit she's going to have a certain gymnastic quality to her um, where you know because she's going to be agile and mobile and I mean that's that's Deb, in a nutshell, she's always sort of leaping through the air doing something, you know. Um, and so that's 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 going to be the challenge is trying to avoid that influence as much as I can. Um, but yeah, but again, and the thing is that that's 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 part of the problem as well is that um, we're getting back to Sean Murphy again. He, he uh, part of that dynamic thing is having a character that looks dynamic. Like she's got the hair, she's got, um, you know, she, she wears that sort of weird sort of skirt loincloth-y kind of thing Yeah, that gives movement in the bottom yeah. half of her body. And that's, that's part of the reason why um, I just naturally came up with the idea of her having some sort of a cloth around her waist, even though she's wearing pants. Yeah. Um, Originally, it was going to be an extension of her her, her like shirt slash singlet sort of thing um, that just hung down longer because if you don't have that, you can't illustrate the motion. You know what I mean? You can always draw somebody leaping through the air, but unless something's sort of blowing in the wind or whatever, it doesn't look dynamic. So that was part of the, the character design there. Like it was trying to make that work, you know? Um, and I'm just going to fix this up. A lot of this stuff, when I when I do the um, coloring and stuff like that, I'll tidy up all these lines and um, all that sort of stuff. But okay, so how am I going to do this? I feel like she should be standing though. That's the thing. Um, Dag nabbit. See now I'm procrastinating. <laughs> I'm like just go oh there's a line I gotta fix before I move on to that <laughs> you know? um, 
the best thing to do is to just start riffing, I think. Um, and just sort of see what happens. And try and avoid maybe looking at the other reference I've got from the old pages because I want it different. If I, if I look at them, I'll just start making the same mistakes. Um, so let's see. Um, I could always make her bigger, but then she'd be too tall. This is the thing. A lot of people will just look at something like this and go, we'll just draw there. And it's like, okay, yeah. I could do that. Like, say, for example, I've been toying with the idea of having her, like having one arm on this and the other hand over here holding onto that. You know what I mean? Just sort of leaning against the cables. Yeah. Um, but then she would be too tall. You know, you've got to visualize all this stuff before you start sketching it out. Like her, her arm span would make her like this high, like up to there. And I kind of, I guess maybe, hang on, let's have a look. So, um, I mean, the other option is to not have her holding on at all. Like that, that lends itself to the fact that she, she can fly. She's got no issue with heights, you know, like, yeah, yeah. It sort of makes sense that she wouldn't even be concerned about falling, falling. off the girder. Yeah. Um, See, and again, I've drawn her too big because now, unless I lower the girder, which I can do, because I kind of like that scale. Um, so I put her hips there, knees. She's going to have to be feet there. Okay, so let's do that. Let's get rid of this. One thing I would say to anybody who's an aspiring artist of any kind, never be afraid to rub shit out and start again. And I would probably, as, as someone who's written song lyrics and stuff, I'd probably say the same thing to you, man. If you're sitting there, sometimes you'll find yourself, when you, say when you're writing, you'll find yourself um, just not being able to find the words. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, you, you're yeah. sitting there and you go, I know what's supposed to be said here. And I know, I know the vibe I want to go for, but I can't find the words. Yeah. delete the sentence beforehand because that's what's holding you up like particularly with songwriting because you got to typically got to find things that rhyme and and all that sort of stuff as well so yeah, it makes it a little yeah. bit more challenging but i've had the greatest lines i've ever come up with and just couldn't find a, a line to follow it so i just deleted them and nine times out of ten you'll find something a better alternative you know yeah um i don't know i tend to just um if i, if I get stuck on something or i can't quite figure it out i just walk away yeah um not permanently sometimes permanently and i'll be like fuck that story it's done <laughs> I, <laughs> um yeah I'll, I'll walk away for a little bit and come back to it and fresh eyes yeah and it usually works uh if it doesn't then i delete the last paragraph mm -hmm. and keep going yeah I, I, think start that, again. I think that's it right like it's just don't be afraid to let something go even if it's the best thing you've ever done because the, the bottom line is people people have this thing in their head that I'll never do something as good as this ever again. Yeah. Um, and that's bullshit because you just came up with it now. You know what I mean? Like you're sort of thinking, oh, well, that's like, this is the best it's ever going to be. Um, someone else has, must have written this because it's too good for me, you know? And, and, yeah. and it's the same. Sometimes I'll draw something and I'll just be like, holy shit. Like I'm not capable of doing that, but you are capable of doing it because you just did it, you know? Yeah. Um, 
and you're capable of doing it again. And the fact that you just did it means that next time it'll be easier to do that something of that quality because you just did it. Yeah. You know, you not you don't have to aspire to do it because you've already done it. Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of how I, I I I got a lot better at art and and songwriting and music when I stopped caring about being <laughs> being the best at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, or or yeah. being better than somebody else. You know. Um, so that's the key to all art, isn't it? Just be you. Yeah, exactly. You know, stop trying to be as good as Brand X. You know. Because they have their own style, and chances are that person probably looks at what you do and is impressed by it. Yeah. You know, um, there's there's no, you know, like that. That's the thing. Like my style is, say, um, it's nothing like something like we we're talking about Scotty Young. It's it's a my style is very different to his, um, but um, I'm still influenced by it, and I still find value in it. Um, and a lot of people who don't understand might look at his stuff and go, oh, you know, you, you draw portraits and stuff. He's just doing little cartoons. Mm. Um, yeah, but he does little cartoons better than I do portraits, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it, you can't judge the merit of, of art on anything in particular, you know, like not like uh, it, it comes down to, does, do you like it? Then it's good, you know? That, that's yeah. what it is, you know? Um, stupid legs. Okay. See, and then there's this other thing you've got to start thinking about. A lot of rookies and often myself make the same mistakes. Looking at this, she's standing on top of a building, right? She's looking into the horizon. There's going to be wind. So as an artist, you've got to think about two things. Where is the, the light source? So let's just say, for example, kind of makes sense that the sun would be setting, right? She's looking at the sunset. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh or sun, day. Uh, I think it'd be earlier in the day, actually. Okay, so are we talking sunrise? Uh, a little bit later, I'd say. Probably like the 10 o'clock sort of. Okay, cool. All right, so we'll put the sun up here, maybe behind one of these clouds. Redraw the cloud, put the sun, say, up here somewhere. Yeah, she does spend a lot of this day looking around for food and okay. she heads out. I mean, you've read the damn thing, so. Yeah, so, okay, so you put the sun up there. See, this is why this podcasting thing's a good idea. I keep <laughs> looking at this camera like that's the webcam and it's the one that's looking at this. I keep on, you'll see me going. So anyway, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm such a doofus. So I got to think about that, right? There's the light source and often there could be more than one, but in this case, there's going to be one. So automatically the sun being up here dictates the rendering of all these buildings. So the backs of all these buildings are in darkness or at least in shadow, you know? So instantly that adds weight to the background because you're going, okay, now, now these buildings, which at the moment are just random blocks are, um, they have dimension and weight now because you can instantly just go, okay, well, all that's going to be dark. That's going to be dark all through here, you know, but then you've got to think about the wind as well. So which way is the wind blowing? Is it left or right? Because that's going to factor into everything. Like if, if I'm, you know, uh, say for example, the wind's coming from this direction, her hair's obviously going to be going that way, which I feel more comfortable with because it lends itself better to the um, frame as a whole. Yeah. yeah. But see, if I did that and then suddenly her top or whatever is blowing this way, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know? So, and, and these things sound rudimentary and you'd be going, well, fuck yeah, Corey, of course. You know? But <laughs> it's like, well, duh. What, what you've got to understand is that when I'm drawing this, I'm thinking about a million different other things. And it can be so easy to look at a picture later on and go, wait, why is 
suddenly like this she's got a light source here on her back and the wind is blowing in two different directions because you, you're not thinking about those fundamental it's it's like in video games they, they're lucky enough to have physics engines that do all that for you you know what i mean you don't have to have to ever have to worry about that because you just program something that creates the world and then you just put the character in it and everything will take care of itself with illustration and stuff like that you don't really have that luxury mm. um even with a uh, film oh 100 you don't know really have that luxury holy you shit you can you can fuck up so easily just by you know like the what is it, the 180 degree rule or whatever um yeah. where, you, where you're filming a conversation you can just put the camera on the wrong side of somebody and just destroy the continuity yeah. And it's as simple as just moving the camera to look at the other person a little bit the wrong way, you know. Um, yeah, sorry, <laughs> I just totally railroaded you. Know what were you saying? No, no, no. Yeah, I was, I was saying, like in film, like even with lighting, you can screw that up because I, I don't know. I don't think a lot of people realize that most films don't go on natural lighting. Oh, yeah, 100%. Even if it's an outdoor scene, there's like fucking light shining down on these people just to make it look like day, sort mm. of thing. Yeah, you fucked that up. And isn't that funny with 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 uh, shooting anything? It's like you know, nothing ever looks like it does on film. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like in yeah. real life, you got to always manufacture that natural light. You know, um, and and when but, you don't, unless it's, you're it's pretty uh, old mate that did the Revenant. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, but see, I mean, do you know what they they factored that in when they when they came up with the concept of the movie. I you know, guess. like, like, you know, the, they would have factored that in budgetary, who they hired as a cinematographer, who they hired for the key grip. You know what I mean? Everyone would have played a, a role in that decision, you know? Um, and he would have people he works with exclusively for that kind of project and um, that he trusts and things like that. So, you know, like it's, it's one of those, um, one of those things where, you know, it's not for everyone. Like, for example, if that was the only way they made film, then we wouldn't have uh, Sin City. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or pretty much any other, like, we wouldn't have the Avengers, you know? Yeah. Because they yeah. can't do those movies in that sort of situation. Yeah, we wouldn't have anything that's slightly stylized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'd all be just like, you know. Um, but then, I mean, th that's not to say that there's no place for films like that, obviously. Um, the Revenant obviously did really well, but even just like high concept sort of movies like or, or movies like where like for example have you ever seen a film called um uh real time it's a movie it's got jay baruchel and randy quaid of all fucking oh, people wow <laughs> dude he is amazing in it because it's not a comedy it's dead serious and the premise of the movie is jay baruchel is a little bit of a gambler and he runs into some trouble and they send out um, this dude, a thug, basically, to, to basically dispatch him. And because um, he's just pushed, I guess, pushed him too many, one too many times, you know. Um, and so he, um, this dude gives him like an hour to sort his shit out. And then, to, then he's taking him out to the woods to finish him off. And so the movie runs in real time. So it's, it's a, literally an hour of his life. It's, it's like 24, you know what I mean? Um, but boy, man, does it go through a gamut of emotions, you know, like at first he's trying to reason with the guy and then he's kind of, you know, it's, it's, I guess it goes through all the stages of grieving, I guess, cause he's about to die. Yeah. Um, but both of them, man, boy, do they play the shit out of their parts, you know? 
And it's Randy fucking Quaid. <laughs> I think maybe he was just waiting for that one goal his whole life. They're always, they always cast me as some kind of fucking idiot, you know? Um, but yeah, man, I, dude, what a, I'm so glad I watched that film because it was one of those ones I'm like, mm, it sounds like a cool concept, but, mm. <laughs> you know, it's Randy Quaid. <laughs> um, Randy Quaid's the nutjob one, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's okay. like <laughs> he's on the run, isn't he? Right <laughs> he's now? the one who flies the fucking fighter jet into the spaceship. Yeah, <laughs> he's on the run. I believe he is. Anyway, what do you mean? He's like from the law, like legitimately on the run. Yeah, well, not on the. I think he's in Canada at the moment. What happened? Like you mean, like as a, like, as an individual? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. holy yeah. shit! This was ages ago, though. Mm. I don't know if he still is. What did he do? <laughs> Or what is he? What is he purported to have done? Be Randy Quaid. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it has to be tax, right? Like it's always tax with those guys. I don't know. It's Randy Quaid. Every, it could have been. Anything. Everybody wants to be an actor and make tons of money, but nobody seems to want to pay taxes. Yeah, I like Apple. Uh-huh. <laughs> don't get me started on Apple. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Hey, you know what? We all hate Apple, but boy, do they make a good phone. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't know yeah 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 android um how what was your phone you... by the way is it on fire or <laughs> my phone is the nest six all right <laughs> oh my god i'll just i'll just be over here without a headphone jack <laughs> <laughs> well how often do you use headphones on your phone anyway um actually fairly often but you know what? I actually, more often than not, I use the iPhone headphones anyway, so I don't see there being too much of a problem with um, with uh, using their particular set, you know? <laughs> um, but it's not, not even that. Like, everybody's blowing this shit out of proportion. It comes with an adapter, for God's sakes, you know? And it may, that may be inconvenient, but how often is it going to be inconvenient, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Somebody put into perspective the other day when they were like, yeah, headphone jacks have been on audio devices for over 100 years. I think it's time we moved on. <laughs> um, and so I, I couldn't disagree with that. But they're right. Yeah. I, I'd like to see how it's going to play out with um, you know, charging and using headphones at the same time, which I don't know if that's going to be an issue or not. Yeah. So what have you gone with? Huh? What have you gone with? Is she... Standing on the girder. She's sta- I don't know. How, how well is it streaming, by the way? Because I've got no concept of... My internet sucks, so my resolution is quite low. Oh, okay. Well, hang on. Let me see if I can hold it still. She's standing. I'm not happy with the pose just yet. I'm working on it. Can you see that? I can I can see the upper body. The legs are a bit... Yeah, the legs are still a work in progress. In fact, I'm about to rub them out. <laughs> um, she's kind of got a weird proportion. This is why I need to, I need to get a... Um, Need to get a desk that's got like a tilted surface because perspective really gets warped when you start looking at something from a 45 degree angle. Yeah. Well, even if you're just staring at something for a long time in general. Yeah. Um, let me see if I can just bring this back. You're going to have to be down there now. Um, I'm just working on her outfit at the moment, but... um. Did we end up deciding on what she was going to have in terms of the um, bag or the satchel? 
Yeah, I think uh, I don't know. <laughs> we, we sort of we we came up with a couple of ideas. Um, like originally, there was going to be like a um, an option for like maybe putting something on a thigh, yeah. so that it wouldn't get in the way of her wings. Um, but I feel like if she had a small backpack in the middle of her back, it wouldn't matter anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that sort of kind of would make a little bit more sense. Because um, I feel like having something on her thighs would probably weigh her down uh, as far as like running and, you know, avoiding things and parkouring around and shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it doesn't really matter much like for the first issue anyway because she's going to have the kid on her back for half of it. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Oh, oh, hang on. Reveal the big reveal. What kid, Marshman? There's a little boy that she okay. finds. Okay. Um, who pretty much like she finds him in a place where neither of them should be. Um, he begs her for help, and she reluctantly takes him. Uh, I guess out of some sort of like she 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 initially you know sees him and sort of like, you know, fuck off, what are you doing here? Yeah. But something clicks in her, just sort of like, okay, I'll, I'll take you, hurry up, come on, let's go, because shit goes down mm-hmm. or yeah. is about to go down. So, um, so the kid's in trouble, basically. If she yeah, she, she taps into her humanity, I suppose. Um, well, she has I mean, lost, yeah, lost she, she's lost it, but I mean, she, she gained a lot of humanity, I guess, from her relationship with her grandfather. So I guess like the start of the issue with us tying into that point of reference, um, I guess that that's part of that exposition, you know, like we have to sort of bring that in um, because it it demonstrates why she would give a shit, you know, when, when, in in a world where she really shouldn't. Um, Okay. I'm not unhappy with that now. Um, (laughs) still feels long see this is the weird thing like in person it actually looks okay um but when i look at it on reference on the stream it just looks she looks really long in the body um maybe she's just too lean i don't know hang on so Either way, I think I'll move on from this and maybe come back to it. But yeah, that's um, that's something. I'm definitely happier with this sketch more so than I have been with the other um, ones I've done. It seems more. It seems a lot more natural. Um, and then, so now I got to start thinking about the shading. So there's going to be shadow through here from the sun. Here. So basically, I'm I'm just roughing out um, stylistically where there's going to be um, shadow fall without going too heavy-handed, um, just to give some dimension to it. So then you can sort of see what what works and what looks unnatural, and that looks unnatural. <laughs> All right, cool. Done. Okay. So then we move on to the 
these frames where we're establishing that's her now and then um, we're looking back to her as a kid which man that's a terrible picture (laughs) a little bit more representative Um, yeah so now the other thing um, I'm concerned with is when we talk about um, uh, dialogue and stuff I've got to read back through the script and find out if there's going to be enough room to put any text we need to put in here um, which is something I probably should be considering when I'm planning the panels as opposed to like in <laughs> at the end. Yeah, afterthought. Oh, yeah, yeah she says stuff. Yeah, oh, well, the, these people talk. Yeah. Well, even then, most of the... Uh, probably like the first half of the issue, maybe, maybe even more, like the only real time get dialogue spoken by the characters is when she's out, like when she finds the boy yeah the only other time before that is like a, a quick very quick conversation between her and her grandfather which mm-hmm. is like just like maybe even one panel in, in, in the garden yeah other than that it's all um boxes thought boxes i guess all yeah <laughs> I, I call them expedition boxes but you know there's, there's plenty of space around here where i can put stuff but does there need to be anything between these boxes I'm just trying to think. Like, should there be more space here to put, like, some dialogue between? Well, I wouldn't... Because there is a lot of exposition stuff that needs to be in those boxes, so I'd probably space them out quite a bit. Yeah, Um, maybe maybe I can afford to make them bigger. Depending Um, on what's being said, might depend on if it's on that panel or a different panel. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. Keep in mind that I am new to comics i've never written a comic before <laughs> you you would could probably even tell by the way i did it uh, in the word doc it do, well you know what like at the end of the day it doesn't matter as long as um you know like you don't have to have like the appropriate yeah, script yeah. software and everything like that to do something right you know like it just it's just it just things become an industry standard because they they generally work pretty well yeah. But it doesn't mean like, you know, I mean, I can't imagine that when Ben Affleck and Matt Damon wrote Good Will Hunting, they had all of the best script writing software and formatted the script perfectly. And I mean, they may have, I don't know. But oh, yeah. It's unlikely. I, I, I mean, like, it wasn't really so much like the fact that I use Word to write it. It's the, the just the style of the writing. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it's not very script-like, yeah, I suppose. But those, those script applications that you can buy tend to format all that stuff for you. So yeah. that, that's what I mean. Like, you know, they, they, that's, it becomes an industry standard because everybody works off the same page and it makes sense, you know. But between you and me, it doesn't hold a lot of water. Like, there's not really any particular need for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because neither of us have really an established style to the point where we need it done a specific way. We haven't got a crew of people like a Greg Belanti production <laughs> where, yeah. where there's people in two different <laughs> countries working on the same project and if somebody doesn't, like, annotate a script correctly and put the right thing here and the right thing there suddenly you know it costs everybody a ton of money and time <laughs> you know i can draw a panel and you can say dude that's wrong i can go okay and i rub the panel out and draw it again <laughs> you know um yeah plus we don't we don't have an inker we don't have a pencil we don't right. have a letter off it's yeah. just yeah yeah we don't need to write a lot of notes and stuff yeah <laughs> um Alright, so Nisa. I've been drawing her 
in profile um, in the preliminary ones. But now I'm thinking about it. Maybe I don't have to. Um, it doesn't really need to be. And I feel like if, if it's going to be the first time you see the character's face, you should probably draw their face, right? Yeah. Maybe because I've sort of like the first one I did, it was kind of like they were like kind of three quarter yeah, angles. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't happy with that. So then I went to a profile, which is cool because it looks kind of contemplative. Um, but I still feel like I could probably achieve that better. Say if I did like, you know, like a front on portrait sort of style. Um, and plus I can establish her look directly from like the first page. Um, well, that other profile was pretty close up too, wasn't it? Like it was pretty much just her face. This one? Well, stream's a little delayed, so it might take a while. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's just a face. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Like, I, I feel like I can... Well, you could probably still do a profile, but just, like, back it out a bit more. Like, maybe get a bit of a chest or something. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just throwing shit out there. Now, okay, so we've established in, in our conversations that Nissa has pink eyes. Yes. Not, she doesn't have pink eye. <laughs> she's, got, <laughs> she's got pink eyes. Um, right. Is there any element in the story that establishes that, or is that just, just what part of the world? Like? It was more of a stylistic choice. Yeah. Okay, um, so there's not, not there's anything specific. Because like she has black hair. Mm -hmm. um, very sort of... What skin color would you say it was? Because like we pretty much settled on a very Icelandic. Yeah. Well, this is the thing we, we had, we, we discussed this at great length and we were talking about based on a, another podcast I was listening to where, um, Matt Kennedy was interviewing, um, Matt Kennedy. No, oh, man. Now I'm blanking. Um, it's a pop sequentialism podcast. Anyway, he was interviewing a model who's a friend of his who does, um, She's, she's Eurasian and she, you know, he asked her like, what sort of modeling work do you get? And she was like, oh, I usually get like futurism kind of, you know, things. Cause she's got that Eurasian look that I guess everybody assumes that everybody's going to look like, uh, <laughs> in the future, you know? Um, and I, th that's the thing. Like when you start thinking about something that's set in a post-apocalyptic future, you got a female character, the temptation is there to just instantly gravitate towards Eurasian in appearance. And I wanted to avoid that. Um, just because one, I feel like we, we, we are in an age now where people are kind of sensitive about, about things like that. Um, this was, this was only the only part of the reasoning, but, um, you know, people have, have a, a lot more focus on appropriation of culture and things like that. And I feel like drawing that character as you know, <laughs> uh, I, I don't have any, I don't have any uh, like dominion over that character's history. You know what I mean? I don't. It's it's not my place. I feel to to come up with a character like that. Having said that, like, um, 
you know, I don't, I don't know anything about Iceland either. <laughs> but I was, just, I was scrolling through and I was trying to find an alternative look um, for the character. Um, and I was just looking at photos of, of models and stuff like that to try and come up with some imagery and some ideas. And uh, I found this Icelandic model who, I mean, I don't even know who it is name-wise or anything like that. I just found a picture. And it just struck a chord because it, she has, you know, the heavy eyelids and stuff like that. But um, th- that's that's part of her ethnicity, I guess. Um, what I'm what I'm basically getting at is she has the appearance of um, that melange of of ethnicities you don't know. There's not. It's very non-specific. You can see that there's some sort of character there. But it's it's non-specific, you know. Um, the, at least from 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 a popular sort of culture sort of standpoint, you don't see that a lot. And I, I really dug that um, because we want a we want a you know a futuristic sort of vibe where it looks like you know it's uh, you know we're in the future where there's no such not really a thing like race anymore because everybody's sort of just become one giant race. And so you still need to have some of the historical uh, attributes, I guess. Yeah, like but, remnants. Yeah, but without it being a specific thing, you know, and, and it's real easy to draw somebody Asian and go, okay, well, they're from somewhere in Asia, yeah. you know, um, or they have some sort of his, an Asian background. Um, but I really wanted to avoid that if possible. I didn't want it to be specific. I didn't want an African-American character. I didn't want to... Um, you know, an Asian character or any other sort of ethnicity. I just wanted something specific to this story, but where you can look at it and go, well, they don't look white and they don't look Asian. They don't look anything in particular. It's just a generalization of race, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm drawing this all wrong. Yeah. The reason for the pink eyes was like, cause, cause of the contrast, the juxtaposition, like it's, it's mm. so bright in her eyes that it just contrasts well with the black the black clothes and the skin color yeah, just, yeah. I, don't know. I, I feel like it's like something like if you if you drew like a say a splash page with like all this shit going on blah 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 you'd probably be able to pick her out straight away sort of thing yeah fair enough yeah yeah Max <laughs> He's literally lying in his bed, upside down, feet in the air, and he's just decided that something's worth barking at. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's casual barking. Um, oh, hang on. Here's another question. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you see, again, this is something you've got to think about. I'm drawing the character now. She's looking into the sun. And I just automatically start shading without thinking about, you know, like I've got to turn her around and go, okay, from her perspective, the sun's straight in her face. So there's going to be very little shadow yeah, uh, and, and all that. So, and I've also got to remember that the hair is now going to be going the other direction from her perspective. So I would have very easily drawn it going this way when it should be going that way. Um, Okay, that's not looking too bad.
what are you going to be using to color? I know it's a ways down the track, but... It's going to be... Um, I'm going to try a couple of things. I'm definitely going to do it on my tablet, um, pending that working out. Like, like there's, there's a certain... Uh, I've got a Surface 3 um, that I, I like the interaction of the pen on, on the actual screen more so than I like tablets in general. Um, like graphics tablets for traditional sort of art. Um, is there latency at all? There's no. I mean, there is, but it's very imperceivable. Like you can sometimes, if you're drawing like a scribble, you can see the lines start like catching up, but yeah. it's it's just a nanosecond behind. It's actually really good, uh, and and I like that a lot. But if if I reach limitations on that, then I'm gonna have to figure out something else. Um, but I'm thinking about like a style that's more. Um, like less ink and, and block color and more, um, you know, wishy-washy background colors, like watercolor almost. Cause that's how yeah. I would traditionally do it. Like what I was planning on originally doing was, um, you know, just watercoloring directly on the pencils. Yeah. Um, which, which I'd feel way more comfortable with, but, um, I feel like the workflow would be too slow. And also I, I can't do it anywhere. I have to consciously set up you know, a space and, and work on it for a couple of hours and then thinking yeah. I can't always guarantee that sort of time. So I guess this way I can, um, I, can, I suppose if you fuck it up. Yeah. You can just delete the layer behind the, the main layer. Um, anyway, I'm going to have to call it at that. Um, I'll keep working on it and, uh, we'll might chat again on the next stream. No worries. Okay. It was good having you on, man. Yeah. No worries. Thanks for having me. Catch you later. Yeah. Thank you. Check us out on coreywireart.com.